Can you just tell it to my wife? <laughs> babe, babe, Tom, Tom says that you need to repent more. <laughs> Hey, welcome to the Iris uh, Podcast. <laughs> My name is Will Hart. I'm here with Pastor Tom Crandall from Bethel Redding Church, mm-hmm. Redding Bethel Church, Bethel Redding Church, Redding. Sometimes people just Redding. say Redding and they're like, oh, you should know what that means. <laughs> Bethel Church. Bethel Church. Redding, California. Uh, Tom's amazing. And uh, I've gotten to know you a little bit. Mm-hmm. I, we should be tighter, but we should be. I don't know. You, you we'll don't, make that You happen. don't call me back. I, whatever. No, I text him. <laughs> I'm the worst. Uh, I'm here with Tom. Uh, yeah. Tom, what is your official title? Like, I would say youth pastor. Is that right? You like, do you uh, have a snazzy title here? It's at Bethel? just director of Young Saints. Yes, I love that. Okay, so Young Saints is the youth group. Yeah. Okay, so why don't you call it youth group? Because uh, that's lame. Gosh, that's <laughs> what I like you. I, I'm the worst. I'm the least hip person I know. No kid wants to say. I belong to youth group. And so- uh, I belong to young saints. Yeah, I'm a young saint. It's identity. Wow. And so we were praying over like, what do we call this youth ministry? I knew it was time to change the name. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got my team together and said, I don't know what it is. I want it to look like revival, identity, kingdom of God, signs and wonders. I wanted to impact yeah. all of that, but I don't know what to call it. And all the great names are taken or recycled and lame and cheesy and I don't right. want to be any of that. Okay. So what are we? And one of my one of my one of the guys on my team had had a vision where he was walking out of the civic center and two teenagers, he overheard a conversation in the vision. It's two teenagers looking at each other saying, "Hey, are you going to Young Saints tonight?" Mm-hmm. And he was like, "Oh my gosh, that's cool." So we got together in this office with my creatives <clears throat> and the guy says, I want creatives. He says, so bad. Because I'm still not that guy. <laughs> he says, uh, <laughs> he says, his name is Trey. He's a yeah. phenomenal guy. Yeah. He says, well, the first name I got, I don't know. We're like, just go for it, bro. Just spit it out. And he goes, I got heat seekers. And we looked at him and just died. <laughs> that is the worst name I've ever heard. Yeah. That's, you're so homeschooled. I mean, it was, sorry if you're homeschooled. Heat seekers. <laughs> that is, uh, that's pretty rough. It's rough. Yeah. And then he's, then he's told us about how he saw young saints. And we were like, the presence of, something shifted in the room. Right. We felt the presence fill the room. And I was confused because I was kind of like, doesn't that kind of sound Catholic, you know? And, <laughs> and, uh, no, it was just the Lord. So now we're calling a generation out of what they are not into who God says they are. Saints set apart to carry the presence so of God. So my children so. have been a part of Young Saints. Yeah. And this is the first time that's actually made sense. That's great. I'm like, what is Young Saints? And they're like, it's their youth group. I was like, why don't they just call it youth group? <laughs> and I couldn't understand it. Thank mm-hmm. you. Um, I love yeah, it. I love my kids. My kids love it. My daughter loves it. Mm-hmm. Really loves it. My son, he's working through his. Uh, yeah, he'll get there. Oh, he's going to he's, he's, he's going to get he's he's. Yeah, it'll happen. I rem- How old are you? 43. You're 43. Okay, so you oh, are... So weird are you say. still a young saint? Yeah, yeah? Okay. forever. So no. how do you how do you stay... Like, how do you stay... Yeah, like, how do you stay... Relevant? Youth pastor, relevant. Yeah. I raise up team. Okay. I have a lot of guys around me that are awesome. And um, I know what I'm good at, and I know a lot of what I'm not good at. How long have you been doing this? Uh, full time, sixteen years, almost seventeen. Wow. Okay. But I've been in youth ministry for twenty years or so. And how long have you been a part of Bethel? Nine years. Just a few days ago. Nine years. Really? Congratulations! Mm-hmm. Happy birthday! Yeah. Thank you. Did they throw you a party? Nothing. No. That's yeah. <laughs> no. Nothing. Uh, they were like, "Go to work." No, <laughs> okay. So, so um, you became a youth pastor at, at how old? 
I was uh, 20, 16, 17 years ago. I don't know, 20-something, 25, maybe 26. And how did you yeah. connect? get connected with Bethel? So I was a youth pastor in Salt Lake City, Utah, mm-hmm. and it's where I was born and raised. Really? Yes. Mormon? Never. Okay. <laughs> if you're Mormon, I love you. But I, I was never Mormon. Um, <clears throat> we started reading Bill's books, mm-hmm. 2004, 2005. Wow, I feel the presence of God. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I can keep talking. Let's do this. Man. We can do it. <laughs> uh, I, I saw, I uh, started reading Bill's books. We saw him in 2004 and and just, you know, I'd come out of the Brownsville Revival. That's where my wife and I met okay. at Brownsville. Okay. So you were at the... We were there in were the, the height school? of it. At the school. No way. Brownsville Revival School of Ministry, 97 to 99. Dr. Brown. Dr. Brown Stop. was... Uh, yeah. He's legitimately he one of my favorite the, humans. He is the best. I listen to him almost daily. Really? I'm not joking. He is. He knows what he's talking about. He does. He's the man. Okay, so you're at Brownsville, met your wife. Cut our teeth on revival. No plan B for the rest of our lives. That's us. Mm-hmm. Revival or nothing. And okay. so going after it, go to Salt Lake. And the reason I went into youth ministry is number one, I want to see people get saved. Right. And most people get saved before they're 18 years old. So mm-hmm. I, multitudes in the valley of decision. That's where the fish are biting. That's where I'm going to go. And just had favor there. And so... Um, and that's where I had freedom to just like see the kingdom of God built through my life. It's just where we had it. So we're in Salt Lake going for it. And, uh, it was signs and wonders breaking on our youth ministry and yeah. powerful stuff happening yeah. at a really normal church. The pastor just trusted me, gave me lots of freedom. Awesome. Great guy. And then 2007, I came here for a Jesus culture school. The banning was putting on and just connected with them. And then in 2010, of August of 2010, I had a dream that Bill came to my church. I introduced him to my church, and he took me out of my church and took me to Bethel. Long story short. Go for it. And I told my pastor about that dream on a Friday night mm-hmm. at a prayer meeting. He pulled me into the office on Monday with his wife and uh, and said, do you know who Banning Leapshire is? And I said, yeah, I know Banning. And he goes, well, he called on Friday. So the same day I told him about the dream. Okay. Called on Friday and was asking for permission to interview you to possibly be Bill Johnson's next youth pastor. Come on. And it, I'd also said a couple times before that, that summer, I could never be a youth pastor for anybody else unless it was Bill Johnson. Really? Yes. I'd said that a couple times. No to way. My, to my wife and to Rory. And it was just like, I uh, didn't really know that that would ever happen. Bill doesn't know who I am at all. Yeah. And so the Lord just knew what was going on in here and was preparing me for where he was taking me. So then... Uh, we interviewed and moved here in October of awesome. 2010. So you took so. over Banning's position? Is that it? Uh, no. Banning was overseeing the youth ministry. Mm-hmm. For those of you who don't know, Banning Leapshire is yeah. the head of Jesus Culture. Yeah, founded Jesus Culture. And so he brought me here and, and yeah, to take over the youth ministry. That's amazing. Yeah, so that's how it all happened. Come on. So, so now you've been at this for a little while. Yeah. And you, I, I that must feel like a big ask. Like, I don't know. Yeah. But it was, it getting was. handed the youth ministry from one of the most influential churches on planet earth Mm -hmm. that that must have been a crazy transition it was pretty pretty wild it was you know the the youth people often think oh yeah bethel's youth group it was it's just always been awesome and the truth is it was torturous when we first got here (laughs) really our youth group in utah was stronger than what we received what do you explain that how how could that be uh the kids would the kid jesus culture would lead worship Mm -hmm. kim walker smith whom the world was coming to watch right would get up to lead worship and our kids didn't care. They were like so used to it, <laughs> jumping over chairs, whatever, right. I don't care. I mean, like they would talk so loud 
during worship. Bethel Church Youth Group, guys, here you go. <laughs> they would talk so loud during worship that, uh, oh my gosh, I'm just getting whacked. <laughs> go for so it, man. <laughs> they would talk so loud during worship that our worship leaders could hear uh, the word, all the kids talking over her inner monitors. Wow. During this, all the songs. And so we went, it was war for several years to establish the culture of the kingdom of God in the youth group. Yeah. So what's the ages that they, they 12 to 18. 12 to 18. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk, let's talk youth. I want to talk youth because we've, we've, we've only had, I, we've had one kind of call, uh, conversation in the hallway yeah, uh, about yeah. the youth stuff. I cut my teeth in youth ministry. Okay. But none of the good part of it that you do. Like yeah. I come in and I do the power encounter and mm-hmm. then I walk away <clears throat> and you do all the cleanup and all of the other stuff. Yeah. But I, for me, there's, I don't think there's anything more valuable. I shouldn't say that. I love everything I get to do, but the thing that I probably see the most long-term fruit is in is watching kids encounter the Holy Spirit, yep. encounter Jesus. I agree. And, uh, and so we connected over the, in the hallway about that. I want to hear some of your thoughts because like there's, there's such a pull on kids' hearts right now. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I've ever seen anything like this. In the way that culture mm-hmm. is ita- is attacking identity, mm-hmm. like how are you navigating this with the kids? I'm seeing like uh, here's what I'm seeing: the highest suicide, mm-hmm. suicidal rate, mm-hmm. in conversations about suicide than I've ever seen, mm-hmm. starting from like eight, nine, ten, eleven. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Of course, the sexuality, the mm-hmm. gender stuff. How like come, how do you how like I just want to hear your thoughts on this. Yeah, totally. Uh, I mean. On a local level, mm-hmm. we, we raise up a, my goal is to raise up a killer team that I trust, that carries the presence of God, that walks in freedom and purity themselves and can just do life on life with kids. And there's influence that happens through one-on-one life like that. And then, I mean, we have a, a great, I have a junior high pastor and a high school pastor, Dante Nelson and Rory Heller, and they lead the local expression and they're doing a phenomenal job. They've got great leaders and on a local level, uh, you're going to impact kids' lives by creating uh, an expression of the kingdom of God. I often confuse people with this statement that people ask me all the time, how can I build a powerful youth ministry? And I say, well, the first thing you need to know is that youth ministry actually doesn't work, but the kingdom of God does. Yeah. So you got to learn how to walk in the kingdom. And what does that look like? Kingdom is Kingdom is family. Kingdom is the presence of God, central, mm-hmm. and everything else flows out of that. Um, so when you're bringing a group of kids together, you got to figure out how to bring them into the presence of God, because that's where all the life comes from. That's where breakthrough happens. That's where everything gets recalibrated, you know, and so uh, operating from in the kingdom of God in our, in the local expression. What, so, talk, talk, talk to me about discipleship in the middle of that. Is that something that you guys go after? Or do you like, do you, yeah. Like how do you, how are you nurturing kids into discipleship is a, a big key, a big part of it. Um, I often say that the best time to ask kids to lay down their lives, because that's where discipleship is. Mm-hmm. It's not Discipleship is not a flipping class that you join and pay $30 for, and now I'm a disciple because I took your course. Right. Discipleship is uh, you're asking them to, to, to lose their life, to find it in Christ, and to sell out to, um, to follow Jesus. And, yeah. and here's how that looks here. And so the best time to ask kids to do that is after an event where they get rocked. And so think about it. You go to Singapore, you go to a nation, yeah. you bring the power encounter, the whole kids, all the kids get blasted. They taste and see the Lord is good. They're like, wow, this is, 
what all I want to live for. Yeah. That youth pastor needs to stand up at the very next youth service and say, we're going after this together. Yeah. Who's gonna, it's gonna cost you everything. You're gonna lose friends. You know, your life's whole life's gonna get recalibrated. Some of you guys are gonna delete apps off your phone. It's gotta be radical. Mm. It's all in, you know? And then who's in? Yeah, and they're in and they ask, then they, then they come. And then some kids don't stay with it for a while, but then yeah. they'll come back around later. And what, so, what do you mean? Like they, they just don't want to enter in the culture. They kind of those outsiders. Uh, they'll say, "Yeah, I'm in." It's like the parable of the talents. You know, yeah. I mean, the seeds hit the hit the ground. They they respond with joy, but there's no root. Yeah. And then they'll they'll go the rounds a little bit. They'll go back with their friends, you know, and and then they'll come back around. But if you have every youth group's got the front row, the middle row, and the back row. Yep. You know, where you've got your kids that are on fire. Yep. Then you get your kids that are kind of in and out, and then your kids are on the back row that are just kind of like in pain, hurting, checked out, parents make them come, whatever. Right. So you got to preach to all of them. Yeah? Yeah. How do you do that? Uh, like, I, I have a hard, I have I have no problem preaching in the front row. Right. And I might, yeah, my goal is to get the kids in the back row. Yeah. Well, I believe, I, I have a core value in my heart. Every person on earth is hungry for God. Mm. Many people look at teenagers and think, ah, those kids are just checked out, they're not on fire. No, they're distracted and in pain but they're hungry. They want to know somebody loves them like Jesus. Yeah. They want to know that God's real and has power. And so I love those kids. And so you just, I walk up to them, they're on their video games. We never tell kids, get off your phone, God's here, ever. Because if I control them and I take away their power to choose, I actually remove their ability to encounter God because encounters only come through their choice to choose. So if a kid comes with his phone and he's on his phone, I'm, I'll just walk up to him in the middle of his video game and say, man, I'm so glad you're here, bro, I love you. Prophesy. Yeah. Yeah. We'll just empower leaders to just go over there. Really? And just you nail let them. kids have phones. You just. Yeah. Okay. It's, 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 it's messy. But if you're going to reach their hearts, you can't control them. Now, you know, we have an, an atmosphere that we're creating here. Right. This is an honor mm -hmm. zone. This is a dishonor free zone. So, you know, they're up there leading worship right now or that guy's preaching. Yeah. When you just jumped over that chair, and kick that girl in the head, you just, you know, <laughs> used your freedom in the wrong way. Right. So if you want to stay here, we love you and want you here. But what we need from you is to honor the atmosphere we're trying to create. And you find kids respond really well to that? Yeah, most of them do. I've found most of the time the reason kids respond bad is because of bad leadership. <laughs> where, a, where a leader is like, you need to be awesome so you can respect what I'm doing here. Right. And so I think that... Kids respond well when you love and you say, here's what I need from you. Can you do that? Yeah. Great. Awesome. We want you to be here. And so that's wow. what a culture of honor looks like with teenagers. Man, it's so messy. I feel like I'm the worst at this. Yeah, it's messy. It, it is. really is. Uh -huh. That's like, a, like, I know Bethel has that whole, has the culture of honor and the culture of yeah. letting people make mistakes. And yeah. Like, that's very, that's very rich here yes. being a being a part of the Bethel community it is man it is so hard like I'm taking classes with my wife just again on raising and parenting yeah our kids uh love and logic I think is what we're doing mm -hmm. which which Bethel offers it but it's great I stuff. find myself like even being spirit-filled or love this stuff like it goes and it goes against everything that my gut is telling me to, mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. do. You just want to lay hands on them aggressively. Yeah I just want to like <laughs> spare the rod you yeah know, and spoil the child mm -hmm. like come on I'll give you yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean, I'll, I'll have a story for you. There was a kid. Uh, his name is Braden. He's in my book, Your Life Speaks. Okay. That's why I say his name. Um, he was 14, 13 or 14 years old. 
He was at one of our events we were doing. He snuck out. Him and a couple of his friends went to, <laughs> across the street, there are these brand new air conditioning units worth $10,000 yeah, each. Yeah. And of course, on the side of AC units, there's those radiator yeah. metal. And they decided to punch them and oh, write no. in them and do something so genius, mm -hmm. which is sign their name <laughs> in the AC units. <laughs> and we were like, you've got to be kidding me. So we pulled them aside and, hey, bro, we do not feel smart having you here. In fact, you kind of scare us because this is totally vandalism and dishonoring of what we're about. So, man, we're going to need you to go home for a month and think this through connect with your parents, and then let us know how you're going to clean up your mess and then, <laughs> and then uh, why we would be smart for letting you come back. We want you here and we love you, but we're trying to create it. We have a vision and a goal in mind. We're creating something here that is, first of all, honoring to the presence of God and to all the... We want parents to feel like, oh, man, I'm so smart for taking do, my kid to that you listen group. to the way you're talking right now? Like, Do you actually <laughs> hear the words that are coming out of your mouth? Like no. who thinks like this? Danny Silk. I know, but it's like it's like like listening to you. I just want to be like whack. Like who talks that way? Like we do. We like, figured it out. I get yeah. it, and I'm around, yeah. and I've read the books, and I and I've gone to the classes. Oh my god, I'm sorry, but my wife's calling me. Um, but uh, that's so like yeah. How does a, like how do a, does a normal person listening to this actually even? Get well, there? first of all, let me be honest. I have failed way more than I've actually succeeded. Right. I read the books. I've been around Danny. I've, ben Serple, his son-in-law, was on my staff for three and a half okay. years. So he would constantly talk to us about this culture. And it really came down to every other tool I worked didn't work. Right. Every other tool I, tool I used, didn't like anger. It's amazing. Anger actually works for a little bit. Yeah. And then it doesn't. Yeah. Because it doesn't reach their heart. You just, con I controlled you. Look, you can't. You can't do that here. Okay, I won't. But then why, why don't they love God with their life? How come they right. left when they graduated from high school and didn't come back? So yeah. my goal is to create an atmosphere where kids can come in and have an authentic encounter with God in, in an atmosphere that's conducive for that. So yeah. that kid... Yeah, I'm sorry. I Let just got so frustrated. <laughs> like I was like, nobody talks that way. But you, you actually carry that. Like, we, we talk that way to these kids yeah. all the time. And Rory Hellert, my high school pastor, I told him years ago, I want you to go after this yeah. and get good at it. And he did. And so he teaches a lot of our leaders and how to carry the culture of honor. And this is how we talk to kids. So we'll sit at the back of the room. And if kids are, you know, acting out and and not helping our the culture we're trying to build. Hey, here's how you go talk to that kid. Mm. And we'll send leaders to go talk to him. Or, hey man, I can hear you guys talking really loud over here, and that's not helping what we're trying to build. So I need you guys to. Shh. And what <laughs> if they're like? What if they're like up yours? You know, yeah. or like no problem. Let's go call your mom. Okay, so you just so you do you'll drop the hammer. Oh yeah. Okay. Like it's it, it, you know it's kind of like velvet covered steel. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Okay. It, tell me what happened to this kid. I'm sorry. I keep interrupting. No, you're good. You're it, good. So it, the kid. So he, um, Braden leaves for a month, comes back repentant. I'm pretty sure he went over to the other to the place and apologized to mm -hmm. them. They were able to fix the AC vents, so that that was financially we were okay there. He was very grateful. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, he started coming back, goes to youth camp and gets radically, radically saved and set free from an eight-year-long pornography addiction. Wow. 
where he felt demons come out of him yeah. and the presence of God come inside of him. He felt a youth, a youth leader around his back holding him saying, <laughs> you don't need that anymore. Whoa. And saying, yeah, I love you. He, he had responded to a call Abby Stumball gave mm -hmm. that if you feel like there's an area of your life where you're not worthy of love, get up here. And he, he came up because wow. pornography makes you feel like I'm not worthy of anything, yeah. you know? So he responds, that youth leader is around him. He turns around to say thank you, and there was nobody there. He felt like it was an angel. Mm. And he was, he falls to the ground weeping. He gets radically saved and instantly starts testifying about how Christ set him free from pornography. Wow. So I just, I, I, I mean, he, it was a deep encounter. It didn't feel fragile to me. I don't know if that makes sense. So I put him up there and said, share what happened. And he began to just preach about what happened. And then <laughs> tons of kids started coming out, getting free from porn. Yeah. Because we could create a culture and an atmosphere where 1 John 1, 7, if you walk in the light as he is in the light, right. the blood of Jesus cleanses you from all sin and you have fellowship or connection right. with each other, which is what the hearts of humanity is crying out for. Come on. So, Let's talk about pornography. Let's do it. Yeah. How, like, tell me, what are you seeing with kids? Um, it's an epidemic. It's the epidemic of our day is porn because, you know, when we were kids, we had to go find it on the magazine. Today, yeah. it finds you. I had to like get friends, coordinate, yeah. ride bicycles 10 miles <laughs> to go to the one store. Like, yeah. true story. Yeah. Go to the one yeah. store that has the old lady that's working in a specific time slot. <laughs> like, two dudes distract <laughs> and then like ride five miles back, yes. you know, 10 miles back, yes. bury it in the woods. <laughs> and then go back there the like weekend. <laughs> I found it first <laughs> right. in a field. I was like 10 or 11 years old. I, I found it in a field and I was like, whoa, Dude, what's this? Legit, I'm walking home one day from school. I'll never forget this. Yeah, I'm walking home one day, from just little kid. This was my first experience. I looked into the woods like we lived in the middle of nowhere. So like I had to walk a half mile, like th like in the woods. Yeah. I looked through a chain link fence, like a hundred feet into the woods, saw something shiny. No, couldn't even see what it was, saw something shiny. And I knew exactly what it was. And I the devil hiked hides all the way the around, around the, the fence, bushwhacked my way to that spot and found it. And it was, it would like, still to this day, I think about it, it was like, it was, it was like, it was like, I couldn't resist it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It was like, it was literally like, like, come, come find yep. me, come get me. Yep. And why would anybody even do that? Yeah. Like you couldn't even throw it there. Like you couldn't even place it there. Yeah. Like it was the weirdest thing. Yeah. So when you said that, man, it just brought back that. You, the way you just described that, I yeah. just actually wrote a blog on how I got set free from pornography, mm -hmm. shame, and lust 23, 24 years ago. And it's just like, I, I, I was hooked. I just mm -hmm. felt it grab me. It's a, it's a demonic spirit. It's described in Proverbs seven or seven, six or seven, I can't remember where, you know, uh, the simple man is walking by her house and she says, come in here, my husband is gone and we're going to make offerings together. It's the, <laughs> it's, the, it's the devil is described. I think it's in Proverbs chapter six. That pornography spirit is wow. right there. So the difference from when you and I were kids yeah. to now is that like right there. It's on an app. You can, it doesn't even have to be on an app. It can be on true. anything. Like true. you could just pop up. Yeah. How are you dealing with it? How are you navigating kids through this? Because it's like, it's like, I, well, I, I was in Singapore a couple of years, two years ago. Okay. And, and I was amazed and I know it's everywhere, but I was amazed. It just, it was almost like I saw it for the first time. Every single kid had, had, had a phone or had a, yeah. had, had an iPad. And I like called the church to, I was at their, at their like church camp. Okay. Adults and kids. And I like called out all the parents. 
Wow. I was like, why are you putting a pistol in the hands of your children? Like, yeah. wh like, why are you doing this? Yeah. And, and, and they got convicted and ran forward, but like, I, people do it. They just, they just give access mm -hmm. to something that is so devastatingly, yeah. you know, terrible right. into the hands of their kids. Like, right. how, how are you navigating this? Well, the way we get kids free from pornography, you first have to deal with it in the spirit. You can't just give them a, hey, are you struggling? Okay, then charge your phone out here. Uh, do this, do this, do this. Here's a list yeah. of things to do to make sure you stay free. Because it's this thing that's in the spirit. There's a hook that, like we just described, mm -hmm. it grabs you. So you got to deal with it first in the spirit, which only happens through preaching the simple gospel. Mm. You have to confront sin. You mm -hmm. have to and do it in a loving way like a father, but the anointing of the Holy Spirit is what breaks the yoke of pornography. Yeah. Nothing else works. Yeah. Like you can freaking get rid of it and and never have a phone again yeah. and throw away all your magazines. And five years later, you're still going to be struggling with images in your mind. Yep. And so you have to preach the gospel that, you know, the wages of sin is death. The wages of pornography is death. Yeah. But the gift, something you can't earn, is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. You know, and I, you know, I call pornography what it is. I call it sin. Mm. It's sexual immorality. Um, but, but I want to appeal to understanding. I don't do it in a way that condemns. I want to appeal to understanding. Like, hey, guys, guess what? You want to get married one day? I want you to as well. You got to have vision for it. And right. you know what? When you walk down that aisle, you want to look at that girl and know you've been saving yourself and not entertaining thoughts of sexual activity with other women. Yeah. Because when you look at her, you can fully give yourself. It's holiness. Right. Holiness is beautiful yeah. where you are set apart for the kingdom of God to Jesus first and now for your spouse that when you walk down that aisle, it's holy. Yeah. Like if you're not walking in purity and you go to marry somebody, you're not giving them your whole self. You're fragmented and all over the place. A little bit over here, a little bit over there to thousands of girls. And if I was a devil, what I would do is how I just, that's how I'd destroy the family. I'd tell them, I'd say, look, just, you know, because here's the bottom line. Nothing, nothing, nothing moves me more than my wife with no clothes on. Okay. How's that for your podcast? I love it. Yes. You can do that. My wife, right? Like, because I'm married. I love her. God right. created us in the in the image of God to be sexually moved towards each other. Mm -hmm. Sex is beautiful. It binds us together, creates great babies, and it's beautiful. It yeah. binds us, right? So if I was the devil and I wanted to destroy that bond in a family, how would I do it? I would get the guy to think about a whole bunch of other women outside of the covenant he created in holy matrimony. And so to get you thinking about sexually, what, what, what is that? It's called a spirit of adultery. You invite that spirit into your marriage, and then what happens is it actually uh, opens up the door for insecurity, not just in your your, your own life, but mm -hmm. in your wife and your children as well. Mm -hmm. And I see it happening where parents are opening doors and their kids get eaten alive by it. Yeah. Holiness is, a, is, is not a list of rules. It is something in the spirit given through the blood of Jesus, through confession, through walking in the light, and um, yeah. Come on. <laughs> I wish you were my youth pastor, man. Come on, Tom. Will you youth so, pastor me? <laughs> you, <sure. laughs> like, you should just start like a, a youth group just for older dudes. Oh, youth group. Old, old saints. Old, <laughs> old saints. saints. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, so so deal so, with it in the spirit. Okay. So you're dealing with it in the spirit, but like what you do have to implement some sort of rules. Absolutely. Right? So like, what, how would you encourage like grandmas, moms, dads listening to this right now? Like, what are some things that they can do? Because like I, when I share this with people, I go, you know, put 
put limits on time or mm -hmm. or like you hack you you can't just hand somebody a grenade, right? right. Like, I hope you don't pull this pin out and let it all. Totally. Like, I set up as many things as I can. Are there things that you're seeing that have helped families? Like, what are the tools that you're seeing that are helping families? Kind well, of first of all, if a kid is struggling with pornography and they're having a hard time getting free, uh, I would I would say you either, if you can't have a phone without looking at porn, what's mm -hmm. more important? If you right. need that phone and you're still struggling with pornography, then that's an, that's an idol, man. Yeah. And so you need to lay that thing down. Or who, who are First John one seven? Who are you walking in the light with? Yeah. Who knows about? Who knows you on your best day and yeah. your worst day? Yeah. If you are isolated and not in the light with anyone, the blood of Jesus is there, but not. I mean, you're not getting free. Come on. And so the only way to get free, you got to run at the light. You got to run at this thing. You're the so. only other preacher I've heard talk about living in the light. That there's only one other guy, and that's Herbert Barbudi, our VP wow. of missions, who lives in community, raises up missionaries in community. You're the only two people I've actually heard preach on this in the last five years. So. Wow. Well, I hit it Saturday night at our youth conference, preached Dang, the huh? gospel. I watched I watched online. Or Did I watched you really? the, your Insta story. Yeah. I love it. Like, because yeah. I want to learn from from you because I, I get to do like the the quick. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But there's something so beautiful about pastoring it. And knowing, yeah. teaching kids how to navigate that stuff. Yeah. I hit this at youth conferences when I'll just pop in because if we're going after freedom, mm -hmm. uh, it's not scary. The blood of Jesus is powerful to break every chain. Yeah. And so I preach the cross. The cross is where our old nature gets crucified. Mm -hmm. And the blood is where it gets washed. And so I put my brain underneath the continual flow of the river of God where I'm cleansed and I'm washed. And God's not, and then you deal with shame. I bring shame right into the light of that. Shame is, is a voice. It's a demon and it tries to tell you to hide. Mm. And it's no different from the, all of this that I'm talking about comes out of the Garden of Eden and how the enemy tempted Adam and Eve. Wow. And so... Shame made him put on, as Chris Gore says, their fakini. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And, and hide, but it's prickly, doesn't feel good. But then God made the first blood sacrifice by killing the animal and slapping the yeah. first sacrifice on them. And right. so that's how we deal with it in the spirit. Then what we do. Tools. Tools. Like what are some tools that moms and dads Never like? charge, uh, charge your phone next to your bed. Never. Ever. Okay. I mean, I do because I don't struggle with it. It's not right. something I'm trying to get free from. Right. But I don't let my son... Okay. And I don't let, that's what I would tell kids. I'd say, you know, when, when are you going to fall? Right. If you're going to fall, when is it going to be? Right. And I'd say morning or night. Exactly. Right. right. Those are the two times you're going to fall. So why would you put, a, put that thing right next to your bed at the two times of temptation? Right. So put it aside. Uh, another thing I'll say is you've got to um, know your triggers. What were you struggling with right before you fell? Mm. And so, and they're like, ah, oh, I was feeling... Lonely. I said, okay, lonely. So you need friends. Right. Yeah. Or I was feeling insignificant or I was feeling just like I'm hopeless or it's always one of those trigger feelings. Mm. And pornography is a quick fix to give them an endorphin shot mm -hmm. to make, I know this is going to make me feel better. Oh, God will forgive me. And then they go there and then they feel like they need to take a million right. showers afterwards. Right. They feel dirty. And so you just, so I, let's talk about this, man. There's no shame, no condemnation here. If you go there, Man, is it really going to make you feel better? Yeah. For a second, and then it's going to make me feel worse. So let's just hash that out in truth. Is that going to make you feel better? No. There you go. There you have the truth. So now that when the temptation comes, feel that. Here it is. Man, that's just not going to make me feel better. I'm going to call my friends and go hang out with them. Yeah. Or I'm going to go 
I'm, it's not good for me to be alone right now. Or I need to tell a friend who knows you, who's fighting with you. Mm. Accountability isn't account for your, you know, you know, I'm watching you, I'm gonna knuckle you. No, it's it's more of an account for your ability. It's like, mm. hey man, this I know who you are. And you want accountability partners in your life that know your identity, that believe in you, that, you know, they're like, man, I, I know who you are, you're awesome. This is not who you are. I'm calling you out of that sinner thing into you're a saint. Yeah. And so, and that looks like, you know, you got saved. And the reason I can prove to you that you're saved is you're so uncomfortable looking at pornography. <laughs> you hate it so bad, but you, and you hate yourself for doing it. And you're like, ah, oh, what is this? Why am I doing this? If you weren't saved, if you didn't know God, you wouldn't care. Right. You'd be like, I'm gone, whatever. I'm looking at pornography. But, but you're like, hey, what is that? That's called the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Right. He knows who you are. Right. He's calling you into the fullness of your destiny so you can fulfill destiny, get free. Yeah, come on. Yeah. So like uh, we have uh, open door policy in our house. It's great. Right, we, like, unless you're getting changed, yeah. your, your, your doors are open. Like, yeah. So I, and, and I kind of took that from living in the light. Like I don't want there to be darkness yeah. and places that they can hide. Yeah. And I know that might seem weird to some people, but. We just, we just go, doors doors are open. Doors are open. Yeah, yeah, they're always. And mm-hmm. and I, I do the same. We don't allow any electronics in bedrooms, basically at any time. There's no yeah. need for it. Yeah. If it can be in a communal space. Mm-hmm. Um, this is something that I've seen hit so many kids. And I mean, I think going along with that, what, are you seeing an increase in like, hey, you know, sexual attraction along with pornography? And, and like, are you, or same-sex attraction? Like, what, what oh, do you... Yeah. How are you facing that sort of stuff? That's, you know, the last couple of years, you know. First of all, do you want to talk about it? Is it? Yeah. Okay. I love it. Great. Yeah. I think it needs to be talked about. Yeah. I think people need to start talking about it because our silence means their demise. Mm. You know what I mean? We have to talk about it. Or yeah. else kids are like, ah, nobody's talking about that. Whatever we don't talk about grows. So, um, no, I'd say in the last few years, I've seen a, a, a ramp up of same-sex attraction like never before. There's several things I think going on. I think when, I'll just say it, when the White House opened up the floodgates and said, same-sex marriage is for, you know, mm-hmm. here it is. I felt something shift at a grassroots level where kids that I don't think would normally struggle begin to struggle mm. when it was accepted from leadership. I think it released something in our nation. Um, and then... Um, you know, being in California, a lot of the laws that are being passed. Right now, presently, I picked up a kid from school at the end of school year last year. He just came through sex ed. And he said, they taught us today that there is, this is no joke, there's yeah. over 70 genders that we can choose from. Yeah, I'm like, that's a spirit of insanity. God's word says, yeah. Genesis 1:27. then God created them male and female. Anyways, uh, and there is a widespread teaching going on in the state of California and many other places um, about LGBTQ stuff. And if you're listening to this and you're, 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 you're there, I'm not condemning anyone in that lifestyle or, or um, start chucking rocks at nobody, but I'm just right. saying when you teach kids, uh, you know, that this lifestyle is um, God approved, yeah. that's nowhere in the word of God. Yeah. You cannot affirm a homosexual lifestyle from the Bible. Yeah, you're I'm, taking scriptures and making it what you wanted to say. It is Paul was clear when he said, "Those who practice not just homosexuality but yeah. many other things yeah. will not inherit the kingdom of God." Yeah. So yeah, the way we're dealing with it 
is um, we create a, at a local level, we create a family where we know everybody's loved. They come in there and then we lovingly, but with boldness, preach truth. Yeah. And we preach the gospel and kids get set free and we declare who God says they are. You're not what you feel. You're not your emotion. I did it at youth conferences last week. Right. I hit it again. Genesis 1.27. Never has it been so controversial to read that verse right. in America. Isn't that crazy? And I'll do it anyways Come because on. it's just like God created them. Yeah. In other words, what's the spirit that's attacking this generation right now? It's, it's that you're not good enough the way you are. Right. Something about you needs to change. You can go get a full-on sex change. After you get it, you're still not going to be happy with yourself. Yeah. It's not the address of your life that needs to change. It's the spirit and the belief system that needs broken and changed. Wow. I mean, the proof's in, uh, yeah. is in the statistics, too. Like, right. it's a 40% suicidal rate amongst transgenders. And, and it's yeah. the same before and after they get yeah. the change. I My heart breaks for anybody that wants to take their life. Absolutely. Like, I, I was there when I was a kid. Like, I hated my life. I yeah. wanted to take my life. Yeah. And, yeah, I... I uh, I know what it's like to to not, you know, to like struggle with who you are and mm-hmm. what you are. Mm-hmm. But man, the only thing that the only thing that brought me freedom was was Jesus. Yeah, it was the, literally the only thing right that brought me to a place of of fully understanding who I was. Come on, me too. I I uh, one of the things that I'm going after a lot with kids right now is when I when I get a chance to get in front of them is mm-hmm. I, number one I preach them just like adults which is exactly what you're sounds like you're saying yeah. you're not giving them a washed down kids version. absolutely not you're preaching the cross you're mm-hmm. preaching the Bible mm-hmm. um I, I'm going after depression and suicide it's good. It's great. and I'm seeing tons of fruit wow why do you think there's so much like it seemed like suicide was like 18 19 when I was a kid like you know 15 16 17 18 19 now like I'm hearing mm-hmm. eight year olds nine year olds 10 year olds yeah. legitimately going, I hate my life. I try, like I, I told a story. I think, I don't even know if I told to you a uh, nine-year-old girl. No, I'm sorry. 12-year-old girl. Uh, no, nine. Forgive me. I'm, I'm getting my stories mixed up. Nine-year-old no, girl driving uh, with her family over a bridge, jumps, grabs a steering wheel, tries to kill all of them, hates her life, oh. hates her, hates herself, hates her family. And she got like radically set free. She started demonically manifesting at the event I was wow. doing, wow. grabbed a hold of her, walked her through forgiveness, walked her through repentance and, and, and she got set free, but it was demonic. She was, 100%. it was a demonic stronghold. Yeah. How, like, how, how are you navigating this stuff? Depression, suicide, all this stuff with kids. Yeah. Great question. Um, I, I think, I don't know if this is a good quick answer. We're on a podcast. <laughs> Here we go. I don't know if this, I've never used this analogy before, but it just came to my mind when you were talking. It's extreme spiritual constipation. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how long can you go? You're, 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 you're in pain. There's anxiety. There's abuse. There's, there's hurt going on. There's genuine things that, that are their experience. And then you throw in the demonic side where the devil lies to a kid and says, if you'll just take your life, all this right. will be over, you know? And, and I think it's that happening in a place of hiding, which is why I think shame is the battle of our day and anxiety. Never has there been a generation in history in America where this anxiety has been a bigger right. issue uh, because they're, they're alone, <laughs> they're isolated, and they don't feel like they can have that conversation with anyone to really like, 
you know, get get these things out. And so do you think parents should be that place or do you think it is friends, youth pastors? Like, do you think that's the main role of the parent? Yeah, I think, you know, parents are number one. I don't think <laughs> youth groups and youth pastors should never replace parental roles. Yeah. Teachers, school systems, they should never replace parents. Parents are the strongest force in that kid's lives. I just don't think parents all are, you know, who who was equipped to know how to do this as a kid? Unless you were raised in the home of Bill Johnson. I don't yeah, know yeah, who yeah. else would, right? <laughs> and so, I mean, <laughs> So, I mean, yeah, I think parents should be the first place in which, you know, I think, how do you know you're doing that? The way you respond when your kid screws up shows whether they're going to feel safe the next time. Yeah. And so it's the most challenging thing when you're, you know, one time my son, he got shamed in school, walked out in the car, was really hurting. He was 10 or 11 years old, gets in the car. It's like 110 degrees outside. Yeah. Welcome to Reading. Gets in the car and he punches the window and the window spiders. And I'm sitting there, I look at him and conversation in my head really fast. Interpretation came out of my mouth. Gently just looked at him and said, son, I don't care about the window. I want your heart. It's honestly what happened. Yeah. And, and I was just like, windows can be replaced, whatever. Let's connect. I love you. What's, what's going on? And so he was able to how do you do that? How do you do that? Lots of failure. <laughs> Lots of failure and like going, okay, that anger didn't work. That didn't work. And then here's another way you can continue to be a safe place. As parents, the most maddening thing you could ever do to your kids is not repent. Oh, that's a good word. The most maddening thing that word. will drive a kid to want to take wow. their life wow. is a parent who won't repent for when they blow it. Parents... Right. We can be Pharisees, man. Can you just tell it to my wife? <laughs> babe, babe, Tom, Tom says that you need to repent more. I'm doing good, though. Thanks. Thank you for that. Oh, I really appreciate that. Thank you for correcting my wife. I'm just here You guys serve, all saw it. That's what I yeah. do. <laughs> Keep going on. Talk about her more. Yeah. Go for it. No, no I'm just kidding. So, no, say that again. We got to repent. I mean, yeah. like, I, lead the, I, I have the ministry of repentance in my family. It's like yeah. my family just repent many times. Just, hey... If, if I if I saw that I, I said something that was totally true but with a, a a little mixture of like shame, oh. anger in there, that to get him to move, come on, you know, to shame where he, he could interpret that like I just got shamed by dad. Yeah, that's like death to a kid. And, ah, and so I'm getting like really convicted here. <laughs> I don't want to be here much anymore. <laughs> Do you guys like honestly? Like I screw this up so much. I screw this I up so to. much, and I try. I have like I, I do, me too. Mildly intentional. I'm still repenting. Like this, it's yeah. rough, man. It's hard. But kids have when when dad comes and says, "Buddy," I, I looked at my son and I was like, "Hey, the way I said that the other day, I just want to make sure you're okay." I like, I I, I kind of felt a little, I was a little mad, and yeah. I'm sorry. If, so if that came across like shaming you, please forgive me. And he goes, "Ah, oh, you're fine, dad. You're good. You're good." And so, I think that is what keeps that openness, right? But parents need to really do a lot of repenting if they want to create a safe place for their kids right. to process. If they don't process with you, they're going to find someone. Yeah. And that's where I, I would, parents many times are like, oh, I don't know if I want my kid to get involved in the youth group. That's about the dumbest thing I've ever heard because why wouldn't you want youth leaders around you being your biggest support, being your biggest fan, honoring you and fighting for your kids and being the place that they need to go to when you're not the one? Mm. And so that's the environment we try to create at Young Saints where kids can come. Like I got, I got so many guys around my son, it's impossible for him to go anywhere and not 
be have somebody around him. Right. And so that's the, the concept. It helps when you're employing about. those guys too, though. Yes. No, I'm just kidding. Yes, it does. That is true. Hey, you're going to do this this week? No, I'm just kidding. You're going to meet with my son. You're going to make him love Jesus. <laughs> that's I right. love that. No, that's so, awesome, man. Yeah. I love, I love it. Um, do you – so we're a missions organization, right? Yeah. And – Love I Iris. Mean, it's our bread and butter. Come on. If you don't, you should you shouldn't even be You in should there. just, just get out right of here. I'll tell you what, go back to where just you came. Go from. back to Texas. <laughs> no, uh what what do you see in in like missions, taking kids on missions? Because you do a lot of trips, you see that shift. Mm-hmm. You see mm-hmm. like for me, I always like one of the biggest um one of the biggest blessings that I've that I've uh, been a part of as far as youth movement is YPI youth power invasion. Mm. We do it every year, global Brazil. awakening. Yeah. <laughs> Take kids to Brazil. And I would see such a massive change. Oh yeah, like in a two week or yeah. a one week period. Yeah, have, do you see? Like, talk to me about missions, taking kids out. Do you do that as a youth group? We have before. It's been difficult. Just being honest, mm-hmm. getting kids out in the last few years. Why? Because our schedule with youth okay. camp and fire life and youth conference and all the things that we're doing. Yeah. So it's a present conversation I'm having with my team. Where we're going. We have to prioritize this. Yeah. Kids have to get on the mission field. Yep. It's a non-negotiable, uh, you know, I mean, we know kid teenagers in church today know more about the kingdom of God and the Bible mm-hmm. than pastors in China because they only got two pages from the book and right. these kids got all this teaching, but yet they're healing the sick and we're still going to church, you know? And so it's yeah. just that um, we may be exaggerating a little bit, but you get the point that it's yeah. just like, no, we got to get out. Yeah. So kids get, there's an activation that happens. So yeah, yeah. Well, let me know. We want to take. I want to take as many kids as I can. Let's do this. Stick them on the field. Yes, I'm serious. I would love to. Let's do it. I would love to go with you. Honestly, like it's. I think it's the most. It's one of the most shaping. Like it's. Yeah. Well, Bill says it this way. He's like Bill says it this way about Randy. He goes, if you want, like the you want the fast track into miracles and go to Brazil with Randy. Randy. Yeah. He said he said that for years because it's true. Yes. Something about getting out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Leaving your well, for adults, your kids, mm-hmm. leaving all your familiarities mm-hmm. and just solely focusing on this one thing with a bunch of people that are there for the same purpose. Yeah. There's something really powerful about it. God does things very fast, but very fast. I, my goal is to take is, and I'm working on this now. I, I don't know if I should say, it. well, I'm working on this now is getting a youth trip uh, to go into the missions field. So training, nice. equipping, and then putting them amongst the poor, the sick, the broken. Take young saints, bro. Let's do this. Take, we should take do this. Instincts. This is something I've been working on for, well, I've been talking about it for years. Wow. But some of them actually starting to see unfold right now in Brazil. So we have nice. seven, six bases in Brazil. The, wow. Here's the only thing. I had I had a huge vision. I had a partner. Yeah. And what they what they said was, it's too dangerous. Because oh. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to stick them in like the ghetto. <laughs> Which, so I, I'm trying to figure out how to bring them. Yeah. To some of the most dangerous places in yeah. the world. Yeah. But also, I don't want anybody to die. Yeah, that's a good lives. idea. Right? Yeah, that's probably good. Yeah, I don't think that's <laughs> a good way to like build a youth ministry. <laughs> um, yeah. Dude, listen, we, I, you have to come on again. We need to talk about a bunch of other things. We, we've been going an hour. Do you know that? No. We've already been going an hour. That's amazing. Isn't it? Yeah. It, time flies when you're having fun. Yes, it does. But, so we're going to do this again. I want to... Um, but but before we go, mm-hmm. I want you. You have some stuff. You have some product. I do. Yeah. yeah? What? T- t- tell us about it. Yeah. Let me grab yeah. It. You just grab it. I've got this here. Look at this. What? I haven't seen this. I'm gonna. Intimacy. Empower. I've never seen these. These are gorgeous. 
Um, Bethel does so good at their quality. Yeah. So this one, I actually forgot one of the books. So this is our, uh, years ago I had a vision, but Young Saints, not just Young Saints, uh, this is, gosh, way, way long for that, long time ago. Uh, we exist to see young people have a divine encounter with Jesus Christ, mm -hmm. to grow in intimacy with the Lord, to belong in community before they believe, and be empowered as supernatural revivalists. Those four things of what we is what we built the ministry on. So these manuals were written after that. So the one manual I forgot was encounter. I saw the E and just <laughs> so I got two empowers here. Okay, okay, that's good. So imagine this says encounter. I'll just take this one. Okay, there you okay, go. Thanks. You can have it. I'm, so thank you. Uh, encounter. Intimacy, community, empower. Okay. And so, and this is the teacher's booklet. And then on the inside, um, like like uh, you've got in the, this is the, um, this is the teacher's manual. So the things that are in bold in the student manual is just a line. So they got to fill it in so they're receiving from you. And so like here is, you know, um, creating healthy families. Mm -hmm. So, um, so you've got several levels of, five levels of communication, cliches, facts, thoughts, feelings, and needs. So you have trust in the middle and then mistrust. And so in the trust, you get your, communicate your need, your need is expressed, there's a response, then there's comfort, trust is built. Mistrust, need, need expressed, no response, no comfort, now right. I don't trust you anymore. Right. So it's really simple, but the information said, this basically what we did is we went through Bethel's culture. Back then there was 12 core values. Mm -hmm. And we repackaged it for teenagers in these manuals, the 12 core values of Bethel. So you've ever you've ever thing from how to hear God's voice, how to walk in signs and wonders, to how to walk in freedom, sinner to saint. Can you list off those 12 core values? Oh, oh goodness. Oh, yeah, on the spot. Joy. Bill, I hope you're watching. Let's do this, Bill. <laughs> oh, Jesus, help me, Lord. Uh, no. I couldn't do our five core values. I can't. My head. Uh, grace and empowerment, joy and salvation. Joy, uh, salvation is a joyful identity. This is happening. Salvation I'm releases a joyful identity. <laughs> Please don't. Um, risk and faith. Mm -hmm. uh, 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 grace and something. Yeah. Grace and something. <laughs> grace and something. Uh, 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 generous like my father. Yep. Um, God is still speaking. God is always speaking. How many have I named so far? Like 20. No, I'm just See? kidding. You did like, I, I think you did about eight, seven or eight right there. <laughs> I hate to put you on the spot, but I, I don't like care. It. I love it. It's Talk fun. to me about your life speaks. Yeah, this is a book that I wrote uh, two years ago, um, and it was we were gearing up for our youth conference, and I thought I want the kids to just walk home with something that mm -hmm. they can continue. And so, um, basically, this is 15 years of full time youth ministry experience packaged in a really short, little, easy, fun read. It's full of chock full of testimonies and stories yeah. about from the dead being raised in America. It happens in Salt Lake City where one of my old teenagers was getting wrecked in the secret place mm -hmm. in prayer, goes to the, uh, he was working in an aquatic center and long story short, a kid drowned. He was dead for over seven minutes. And in front of a whole bunch of Mormons and people, he just said, put his hands out above the kid and said, Jesus, have your way about that loud. And boom, he immediately comes Stop. back to life, sits up, pukes, Stop. and gets totally healed. Come and, on. And um, stories of kids in here getting set free from same-sex attraction. Yeah. It's the kingdom of God. Your life speaks. Basically, the the the, the words that you, um, you know, the encounters you have, the choices you make, the hang, friends you hang out with, whatever influences your life is what your life is speaking. And so. This is awesome. Yeah. Tom, you're amazing. Thank you. Is this all the stuff you got? Yes, what I got for right now. The, I got, there's like uh, messages you can get online too. At if they want to connect with you, how do they connect with you? Instagram's the easiest way. Yeah. What's your Insta? Uh, Tom underscore Crandall. 
Tom underscore Crandall. Yep. And then you guys do conferences. Yes, we do. That people come in from all over yeah. the world for. Yeah. Yeah. When are they? What are they? How do people? Uh, we just had our youth conference just this last weekend. Yeah. Had about fifteen hundred people there from all over the world, so um, mostly America. Um, at the Civic Center here, it was mm -hmm. it was rocking. We had Lisa Bevere I and then know. my friend David I Hall. I can't even get her for a conference, and you're pulling them in for youth events. <laughs> <laughs> yep, you're and a then legend. we had our we have our youth camp every summer, which mm -hmm. you're going to come to one of these days. I want to like my dates are so com like I, honestly, I, I tried I totally moving. I literally I tried moving things, yeah. major things. Yeah, I youth camp is off the hook. It's just, I want to be just there. So so. How good. many kids do you come to youth camp? Uh, we usually have around 450 people. Yeah. I think it was what our last camp was. Yeah. Yeah. So probably like 380, 400 kids, something like that. That's awesome. Where do you do that? Uh, Sonora, California. Okay. It's out in, it's a place called Old Oak Ranch down about five hours south of here. Awesome. Beautiful, beautiful area. And then we do an event called Fire Life School Revival, which is like uh, the kids come up to the church to, to Bethel, to Twin View Campus, nine in the morning till four o'clock at night, Monday through Friday. And we just taught, teach them how to pray, mm -hmm. talk about, it's just like, it's an intensive on walking in the kingdom of God. Yeah. And um, and then we'll have like this last year, we had Michael Koulianis and Daniel Cullen to yeah. speak at it. My kids were at that one and they yeah. loved it. So cool. Like my son, I actually, I haven't seen him that excited about going to an event. He really was impacted by um, Daniel. Yeah. Like really, really impacted wow. by Daniel Kalenda. And wow. then when Michael got up and they saw some deliverance and mm -hmm. stuff, they loved that. Yeah. They really, well, my kids have seen, have seen it before. But totally. But it marked them. It really did. Wow. It just it, it marked them. So thank you for what. Like honestly, tell yeah. me, like I, we get a lot of cool people in here, but I know like my heart. My heart loves loves the youth and loves seeing yeah. them get caught on fire. But thank you for what you've done. And, yeah. And for what you do. And if you need to discipline my children, feel free. Uh, to I'll do, do it. it Texas style. I'll tell you what. <laughs> Is that where you're from? Honors. No, I'm just no. kidding. Where, where are you from? Originally? Salt Lake City, Utah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah you, you answered that. Yeah, kind of. People go like. Utah, you don't yeah, make sense. I'm I like, know. Yeah. Where, how did you get saved in Utah? My mom and dad got saved when I was just an infant. Mm -hmm. And they're they like, you remember a glow? Women's, oh, women's a glow. I know a glow very well. <laughs> I've been to more than Shut one that, conference. That, that. <laughs> yeah. I was hauled to more than one. Yeah. Jesus yeah. People Movement, Women's yeah. a Glow, all that. My mom got saved. I mean, less than 1% of the population was born again yeah. back when I was a kid. Yeah. I never heard of FCA or Christian clubs or any of that stuff. And, um, yeah, so I grew up with a love for God, but there wasn't like a strong culture of, of, of kids. Yeah. It was like we had a youth group that I didn't really fit in. I hated church, hated youth kids, and now I'm the youth pastor. <laughs> so, Listen, we're going we're gonna to bounce. Yeah. Last thing, um, is like biggest nugget right now. I know you've, you've given a lot, so if you have to repeat yourself, go for it. Yeah. What's like mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, they got a kid that they're raising. Uh -huh. Like they're struggling. They don't know what to do. Yeah. What's your golden, what's your golden mm -hmm. nugget? Nothing's more powerful than unconditional love. Come on. Just be love, you know? Um, what does love look like? And then the Holy Spirit will show you how to reach their heart. It could be through a pair of Nikes. It could be by taking them on a trip. It could be by, you know, just spending time with them. But unconditional love is what reaches their hearts. And then you've got to get them into a place where God is moving. Mm. They've got to experience the power and the presence of God. Nothing replaces his presence and his power. And that's where things shift. That's where there's a moment that takes place that marks them. And then, you know, kids are poker players. They keep their cards close to their chest. They don't show you their ace of spades. Yeah. And so um, just, you know, keep loving. Wait for the Kairos moment, the window to open up, and then yeah. 
that's when you talk to their hearts. So there you go. Come on. Thanks, Tom. Appreciate it. Hey, guys, thank you for watching. I think we're doing this camera right there in the middle on the tripod. There you go. Thank you for watching, guys. This has been uh, the Green Room and Iris Global Podcast with Tom. Tom, you're amazing. Thanks Thanks for coming in. Thanks for watching this, guys. Yeah. I agree with you. you. Thank you for watching this. Yes. Listen, I know that uh, we, we do this for fun and for free, no strings attached. So... But spread the word if you like this. Like, yeah. send this to somebody. Like, honestly, I don't know a mom, a dad, uh, a grandma, grandpa, anybody who's raising kids that doesn't need to hear the stuff that Tom just said. So make sure you send it. Are you watching? Yeah. So make sure you uh, sign you up Instagram. and uh, listen. If you want to do all the things that all the cool kids tell you to do, like clicking on things and signing up and bells and whistles and all that stuff, and uh, bless somebody. Are you blessed, Tom? I'm highly blessed and favored. <laughs> Dude, thanks for world. coming in. Thanks for watching. <laughs> Love you guys. Team, thanks for setting this up. Love you guys. And we'll see you on the next uh, Green Room. Sweet. I'm glad I, I'm glad I thought about Instagram right there. Now I can pump it.